To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about Run Disney than most women should, but we're perfectly okay with that. We don't know how to win it or anything, but we definitely know about how to have fun. I feel like this is the first time I can't like 100% agree with that statement because I really don't know more about <laughs> Disney than anybody else, but we're going to get some answers today. That's what, We're going to train you and by exactly. the end of this podcast, you're going to be like, I sure am. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. I'm Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at Real Mousewife WDW. And I'm letting my dog bark, so hang on. <clears throat> this is Austin. You can find him at Patty <laughs> Holiday's house. Oh my gosh. Yes. This is Our Austin. special guest today. <laughs> He's an asshole, but we love him. Put that as an outtake at the end of the episode. Yeah. Like after the- <laughs> such a jerk um every day lucy's friends come over and they knock on the door and every day he loses his mind like this is a new thing and he doesn't know who these people are and it's just ridiculous so and his brain is the size of a goldfish and he's adorable oh he is adorable but he's dumb as a postman all right i think i think we might have calmed down here all right Hey, y'all, I'm Patty Holiday from NoGuiltDisney.com and No Guilt Travel, a travel agency that specializes in Disney and Universal vacations with my favorite being a run Disney runcation. And guys, we're here. We're like going to do some run Disney, like just around the corner. I'm so giddy and I'm so excited that the runners are coming back to Walt Disney World. Um, you can find me on all socials at No Guilt Life, and please come say hey. Uh, all right. So as you can tell, our topic is the Wine and Dine 2021 Return to Run Disney Palooza. Uh, we're basically going to talk about the details um, that we have finally seen that have finally come out for this race weekend. A lot of this, though, you have to remember... This is the first Run Disney event that's being held um, since the pandemic started. So there's going to be some things that they're trying different. And there are some things that they still haven't given us complete and total updates on. But we have a lot of information that we can work with. And if you are new to Run Disney or just want a refresher, welcome. Come join us. Um, We are coming to you from our home corrals. But at some point, (laughs) we'll be out there. On the race course, I think we're all three doing the 5K. And uh, just basically when we say we're doing the 5K, we literally are just going to do the 5K. We are going to go and have some fun. (laughs) We are not, none of us are going to win this thing. We're going to win in fun. Well, yes, always. I mean, Avi. Um, All right, Teresa, this is your first race in like a bazillion years. Are you super excited? How are you feeling about all this? Um, like you guys said, I am not going to be winning this race. I am going to be happy to be there and to finish. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, especially, I think I did get a little emotional when they put out the course map, because obviously I knew it was going to be running through Epcot, but Mm -hmm. actually getting to see that I get to race through my favorite park. And just, I think the significance of being there for 
the first race back. Like I think it's going to be just a really special and unique moment. So I'm, I'm excited for all of that. I am still a little apprehensive because it has been so long since I've had to, you know, I think 2014 um, at the expedition Everest 5k is the last race that I did. So it's very unfamiliar territory for me in terms of like a Disney vacation, plus a lot of other changes that I'm going to be navigating during this Disney vacation. So I'm excited and nervous. uh, But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, and they just had to go in and throw Jeannie on top of all of that. So, (laughs) by the way, we're going to touch on a few Jeannie things probably at the end of this episode, not the deep uh, Jeannie dive, uh, because Jane, Teresa, and I are all going to do more extensive um, usage of it. And it's not going to be until we're all there for the wine and dine race. So unfortunately, it's not going to help you wine and diners exactly, but come back afterwards and we can actually have this. This will be a great discussion to have in the Facebook group because um, a lot of us will have had our first experience with Jeannie and maybe we can share tips and tricks and such in that group. So Jane, where can they find us on Facebook? You can find us on Facebook in the No Guilt Disney Facebook group. Come and join us. And, and you know, if you're like, Ugh, I'm not a Facebook person. I don't I don't do social media at all. Hey, no problem. We get that. But I want to give a shout out to our group because we're not like a we're not like a regular run Disney group. We're like a cool run Disney group. She's going to jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, but honestly, we're not. Like our group is very chill, very mellow. We do chit chat and have times where we bring things up and we have discussions, but we're not a constant like filling up your Facebook feed. And we're also not really, we're run Disney, but we're not run Disney focused. We are more like uh, Disney people that Disney. like to go yeah. to do run Disney. So it's not just a run Disney topic. However, you can always bring that subject up because I think the majority of folks that are in this group um, also dabble in the run Disney experience. So we've got a lot of uh, folks with a lot of history and a lot of experience in there who are happy to chime in and give you some details. However, like I said, we're also not that place that's going to like clutter up your feed and ask the same questions over and over and over again and drive you crazy. That doesn't happen. Cause like I said, we're not, we're not a regular group. We're a cool group. <laughs> Love you guys. Um, okay. So that's that. That's where you can find us ch- chatting more about these things in the future. Let's, let's talk a little bit about this run Disney info that came out this week. Jane, you want to tell uh, tell the people what we know? All of oh, it. Feel, yeah, this is so on you. You just share everything. Go. <laughs> I feel so put on the spot. <laughs> okay, guys. So um, emails went out this week. And the first thing we noticed on these emails is that there are digital waivers, which is new for the first time ever. So if you've run before, you know that in order to run these races, there's a paper waiver, you sign away your rights to, you know, your first 75 children, and anything else that can happen, like Ariel with Ursula, just sign the paper. (laughs) And you need to bring that paper to the Run Disney Expo in order to pick up your race bib. Um, The option now is to sign it online digitally. So... 
Patty and I went to do that. And Patty, why don't you tell people your experience with that? <laughs> um, sweet baby run Disney. Uh, whenever they try to do something new, most of the time it doesn't work. And I think this digital waiver situation, either it didn't work as intended and they're working through that on the back end, or it worked exactly as it intended, but their communication <laughs> isn't that great to tell us that that's what it's supposed to do. Because basically what has what? happened. No. Yeah, I know. Communication is wrong. Oh, what? What? Shocking. Uh, so basically what has happened is uh, when we signed up for these races, I signed myself and Jane up under my account. First of all, we hardly ever, ever do this. We always just say, you're on your own. I'm on my own. But I was there. It had already been a long wait. And I was like, Jane, I'm right here. I'll just grab your 5K too. So I got Jane's. And so she is listed with me under this 5K account. Um, when I clicked on hers, it gave me a notice that says, Jane must sign her own waiver, put in her email address. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. So put in Jane's email address, send it off. When I clicked on mine... I wanted to see if, as in years past, the waiver looks different. So I wanted to see if, as in years past, you could see at the bottom what your bib number was. And then that way we could kind of guesstimate, you know, what our corrals would be or what the situation was going on. So I clicked on that I wanted to print it just so that I could get the PDF, you know, big so that I could read it. Because I'm also getting old and like my eyesight is really bad. And if you've ever gotten a screenshot from me on my phone, you know that. <laughs> um, it's probably as big as it can go. Um, and anyway, uh, so I clicked on that. And when I did that, it took away my option to sign digitally. They were like, now they said, oh, you've declined digital. So now you need to print this out and bring it with you just like the old days. I'm like, what is this, 2019? Like I have to do this old school. So at this point in time, that's where I stand is mine went away completely now and Jane's has gone away completely now because it was emailed off to her. When she got it, <laughs> you kind of went into a loop or something. Like it just didn't work for you to be able to sign yours either, right? So I got it and it said this this bib has been assigned to you or something like basically that it was like resent over to me. And I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, look at them. And I got really excited. I thought it was magic. And I called Patty and I got excited again about magic, which is a whole other conversation for the genie conversation <laughs> yes. when we got there. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, Disney's so smart. And she was like, no, sweetie, it's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, I went to click it and then it like disappeared. And I was like, okay, but now it's not, it's not in my account. It's nowhere for me to see it. Like, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea where it is. And then Patty said, well, I might've broke it. <laughs> yeah. Something happened. It just, it, it's honestly, it's just disappeared. So uh, the good news is, is that it's not just me and it's not just Jane. Um, this has been a run Disney wide situation. I've seen a lot of folks mention it, bring it up in all the various Facebook groups that I'm in. So this is clearly an issue or a problem. I did send an email on, I think it was, it was towards the end of last week. So it was probably Thursday afternoon. I sent an email 
Um, as of this recording, I have not heard back from them. Um, I'm sure, though, that I was behind the other 20,000 people that tried to click on their <laughs> waiver and made some mistake like I did and maybe Jane did. We don't know because Jane doesn't sound like it. she made a mistake. It just sounds like it It just didn't go to where they it should have gone. Like she didn't get a chance to actually sign it. But bottom line, nothing is showing up in our accounts anymore. Um, under the uh, section in your Run Disney account, I think it's kind of like a little dashboard. And it basically says you have no notices or no notifications. And I'm like, okay, I'm not worried about it. I know I'm still registered. It still shows up you know, on the other half that says that I have a registration. It just doesn't show me my waiver anymore. Oh, it's under important reminders. I just had to pull it up to look at that. So mine says that I, that I have no important reminders. I'm not not stressed, not worried about it. Worst case scenario, I show up at the expo and they are going to hand me a waiver to sign. Okay. So if you don't hear anything from Ren Disney, if you had a situation like this as well, I honestly wouldn't even wouldn't even worry about it. I am sure that they have this happening to a lot of people. So therefore they will either fix it on the back end and we'll all be able to go back in and digitally sign in or they won't. And we'll do what we used to do where we showed up at the expo and printed off a paper copy and signed it. Um, it's going to be okay, guys. It's going to be okay. But they did try to do something different and I really appreciate the digital waiver idea. Um, save a tree. I never remembered to bring my papers anyway. So I was always printing out a second time once I got to the expo. So in my case, I'm like, Hey, this is actually positive. Let's do digital. It just didn't quite work like it was supposed to. Or like I said, maybe they have me on the back end marked off as that I did sign my digital waiver somehow, or I, I don't know, because there's no communication. So that's once again, the issue with Ren Disney, but um, that's what we know as far as waivers are concerned. Um, and it seems like maybe this is a situation where being a novice was in my favor because I everything went very smoothly for me because I didn't know any different. I'm like, sure, you want me to sign this? I'm all good. Let's go. Good, <laughs> so, perfect, right, I'm, right. Like, everything's there. Yeah, so I'm like, I didn't. I remember seeing you mention, um, you know, about doing like the digital versus in person, and like I saw you talking about afterwards having that issue, and I'm like, wait, did I do something wrong? What's going on? <laughs> so I I didn't know any better, and I had no problems. So yay. Yeah, there you go. See, sometimes it just works works out. So yes, I do think some folks did get in and signed perfectly and had no problems. Those of us that tried to be cute about it or <laughs> had something else going on, um, you know, it didn't work. But I know, again, I know I'm not the only one. I know there's a lot of people that had this happen to you. So if, the, if you fall into that category, I would still send them an email just on the off chance that they can fix something on the back end for you. Because why not sign digitally if you can? But I also would not let this become a stressful concern for you because I do think it's going to work its way out. You know, they, it's it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, so that's what we know as far as waivers are concerned. Typically, as I mentioned before, when we get waivers, we also get our bib numbers because it was printed on our waiver. We've gone through all of the little hacks and guide um, options to try to find out what our bib numbers are. And we would never do that. Yo, <laughs> yes, we would. And um, thus far, Ren Disney does not have that available uh, for us to hack into or get to. Um, and what I mean by that is um, typically you can go under the um, 
runner tracking section and you could put your name in to track yourself and it would pull up your bib number as well. Well, right now the running tracking link is live, but in actuality it's dead because when you do try to put in um, your information, it says that um, it says that it hasn't updated um, just yet. So yeah, we still don't have a idea it's yet. A, yeah, sorry, this list is still being populated is what it yes, says. Yes, So yeah, so we're still in this position where we don't have those details. Um, the other big thing that folks tend to be looking for right now is knowing what your corral start is going to look like. And um, in the past, Run Disney would have not only given us our waivers, but they would have given us this handy dandy little chart that says, if you're between this number and this number, you're going to start in a corral. If you're between this number and this number, you're going to start in B corral. Um, they only put those out for the half marathon or the challenge races. Um, they have never put them out for a 10 K or the five Ks. Um, they just don't tell you what corral you're in, but again, you can kind of guesstimate estimate based on what your number is where you're going to land in the corral situation. They're not giving us that information as of the time of this recording. This week, maybe it'll come out. Maybe it'll come out the week of the 1st of November. Uh, we don't know. Uh, this just may be something new they're doing. Um, last I checked, you could actually still sign up for some of these races. Like they, they're opening and closing, opening and closing all of last week. So there were times where you could have slipped in and still added yourself to this race. And maybe that's why they just haven't finalized things yet. Um, the only thing I'm guessing could be happening is that there could be charities that are possibly turning back in some of their bibs because they weren't able to sell them. And maybe those are getting added to the inventory or if they had pulled some bibs for say VIPs um, or comp bibs that they were going to, you know, give out to whoever, you know, that they were, they were using those for. And if those aren't being used, they're returning them to inventory. And that's why you're seeing it like open up and then shut down, you know, as people are buying them. I don't know. I, you know, again, we haven't gotten the official detailed information um, just yet as far as what's happening with corrals except for one little sentence that I found. Um, Jane, uh, do you remember this one? It says, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember which section in this guide it was even under. There was this one section that says, Ren Disney will be utilizing start groups to follow health and safety guidelines. Yeah, it's in, if you look at like each individual race, it's one of like the last bullet points okay. that's on there. Because I remember seeing that under the, the 5K info. Okay. And safety guidelines to manage the flow of participants from the staging area to the start of your race. Your start group designation is a small S followed by a number such as S1, S2, S3, S4. Four and is located in the upper corner of your bib. Participants must enter through the staging area within the Epcot parking lot in order to access the start groups and start the race. Failure to do so may result in disqualification. 
So that basically what they're saying is you have to come in through the security that's set up in the Epcot's parking lot and you have to, you know, just like you did in the past, you would have to go through those security steps to get into the Epcot big area where, um, you know, they'll have the DJ going and the stage will be lit up and they'll have some food trucks and, you know, stuff like that. Right. So all that's going to be happening, I believe as normal, but this, start group designation is going to be different and they haven't come out with any specific details in that. What I am visualizing and Jane, correct me if you think I'm off, but what I'm visualizing is um, you know how before we were like all in a corral, but within a corral, there were waves that they would just kind of guesstimate and they would let so many people go and then they'd put the rope up in front of you and hold you for a few minutes and then they'd let so many people go and then they'd put a rope up again for a few minutes. I'm wondering if these start groups are essentially those waves but this is just keeping us from even standing all in the crowd all together. So instead it'll just be like you know 50 hundred people at a time or, you know, whatever their chunk of numbers that they're, they're going to do is going to be a start group. And they'll be like, hi, we're calling start group one, come to come to come in and go ahead and start. And then we won't all be standing in this big, tightly packed corral. And visually, like that kind of makes sense to me. But at the same time, it makes no sense. Because if you've seen any pictures of Main Street, you know, like being packed in together is not a concern of Disney's, right? So I don't know why they would be doing it that way. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I just went into um, the event guide. And particularly for the 5k. Because obviously that's the most important race because we will be there. Um, I went into the 5K and I pulled up. There's a map that says start staging map. So I was like, oh, okay, let's look at what the start's going to look like. And when you pull that up, there is a purple box that is ginormous and in the middle. And it says starting groups and it has sections one, two, and three. And I will tell you. The way that this map is laid out, and nobody would know this unless you've run previously, this map is laid out that, like, the starting groups are sort of grouped in front of the DJ. Hmm. It's very strange. So I don't know. I'm going to go look at it on um, some of the other races. Let me look at the half and see what the half looks like. Yeah, so same thing, like there's the starting groups, it's almost like they have like a pre, um, it's like they have a pre-staging area, although to be honest, it, it they have them as starting groups and they don't have them listed as corrals. So maybe they're just changing the name of it. Right. Maybe it's not corral anymore. Maybe it's just start group. Start group. Maybe they feel like that makes more sense to people who don't know what a corral is. Could be. Could be. It, it could also like just be a, um, it, this to me seems like a, uh, just a change of wording. It could be. I don't know. Yeah. Cause it definitely just says for the half marathon, which starts at um, the transportation ticket center lot that setup looks much more like I've seen it in the past and there's a big old welcome plaza and then there's start groups and then there's the start line. So, but what they don't have is like 
normally like the, the start line would be, you know, buck up against the very first corral or the very first group. And this is not like that. So I wonder if there's some, I don't know. It's very weird. That's all we're telling you, people. We've yeah, it, it, yeah, and it it could just be again the communication that's weird. Like the actual reality of it all is same old, same old, right? It could turn out that it looks very typical to what we have expected and experienced in the past, and it's just that they tried to clarify their map and it didn't do much clarification and just confused us even more. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll just, we'll have to, we'll have to see on this. I mean, they're, they're trying to give the information it exists, but trying to interpret exactly what, what it is we're looking at is hard to know or hard to guess because they are changing the terminology on us. And it could, like Jane said, it could simply be a change of terminology or it could be that they're doing something completely different. We don't know yet. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we know, which is not a lot of great information. But I think maybe if you have read into this or you had questions about it, at least we're just backing that up and saying we are with you. <laughs> we have questions, and we have can we we don't know for sure yet either. Um, there may be additional information that comes out this week, but that's what we know as of today. Um, is, is that we're seeing that. Uh, another thing that I saw a couple of people ask questions about in the groups um, were COVID-specific vaccination or mask requirements, anything like that. What's Run Disney doing? And the answer is nothing. <laughs> nothing outside of the usual Disney World mask requirements. So unlike, say, Chicago that just ran a couple of weeks ago, um, which required proof of vaccination or proof of a test, a negative test, um, Disney is definitely not doing that. As far as masks are concerned, they're not even recommending or saying that you need to wear a mask in corral or in the start and in the, the finish line area. However, if you read it closely, it does say any place uh, you will need to um, wear a mask anywhere indoors. And they did call out specifically medical tents, theme park restrooms, Disney buses, monorails, and the Skyliner. So my point here is that all runners should bring a mask with them on the chance that you do go into a theme park restroom, I don't know that they're going to have a cast member standing there like enforcing this, but the rule of the law is that you are supposed to wear a mask indoors. And so therefore you should be wearing one if you run into a theme park bathroom. So don't get caught in Morocco <laughs> without, um, without your mask. If you've got a big need and uh, you need to get in there, just throw one in a pocket, throw one on your wrist, whatever the answer is for you. But it does look like there's a potential that you're, that you could need it if you're going inside any place. Then of course, if you're using any theme park transportation, including those run Disney buses in the morning, you're going to need your mask. So keep that all in mind when it comes to masks. I am recommending that every runner bring one if you wear it or not, you know, that's up to your own comfort and to whatever you feel you need to do, say in the corral or around the start lines or at the finish lines or whatever it's, you know, whatever you're comfortable with is, is what works for you. But it does look like there are some areas 
potential enforcement could happen. Um, if you end up in a medical tent, I'm sure they're going to slap one on your face like immediately. So keep that in mind. Keep one with you if you if you can. Not a bad practice anyway. And look, people, we're almost two years into this thing. If you don't own a mask, I don't know what to tell you. But I did want to point that out, um, particularly because I didn't even think about it like for bathrooms. And if you know me, I can't go a 5K without stopping in the bathroom. Um, so that's something to keep in mind is there's the potential that it could be an enforced. I don't think so, but could be, right? Yeah, they definitely don't have somebody at the at the bathroom. Not not in the theme park. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. But um, you know, I, I don't know. For me, like I just don't want people's germs. Like it's not even COVID anymore. I just don't want any of your germs. Amen. I'm along the same lines right now. I really am. I, I honestly, I really am. It's not, I, I'm, I'm vaxxed. I'm not really stressed out, honestly, about COVID anymore. It's truly just, ew, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, I've, I've taken a good 18 months now and uh, I just decided I don't, not anyone's germs. (laughs) Fair. I think that's completely fair. Uh, All right. So those are a couple of things that we noted on um, in in the event guide that we wanted to pull out and discuss. Um, Jane, Teresa, do you guys have any other questions that you wanted to mention here? Uh, I do want to have you touch on, because I remember you had mentioned, and I haven't looked into it, that there's differences in the spectator. Yes. Info for this year compared to previous years. So I think that might be helpful to cover. <sighs> yes. Run Disney is like squashing all fun. That's all I got to say about this. So it actually started before the pandemic. The last um, marathon that we cheered there in 2020, they had started, you know, coming up and saying, you can't hand out food to people you don't know. Well, that was easy because we know everybody on the course, right? And so they're all our friends. They're all our family members. So we were able to say, sure, sure, sure. Um, They did come out with some uh, additional information about it. And they did say that there's um, specific areas that you should... um, go to uh, if you are going to be a spectator and they're very much like official areas. They're saying that you're not going to be allowed on the highways. You're not going to be allowed on overpasses. It looks like, um, you know, even on the side of parking lots, like we were able to do before, uh, it doesn't sound like they are encouraging or allowing um, a lot of that. And that's a real bummer for those of us that loved to be a cheer squad And for those of you that are going to be running and liked having a friendly face and a funny sign, you know, as you ran past. Um, That being said, they're also saying that you cannot hand out drinks or snacks to runners along the race courses anymore. You can have signs and you can have cowbells um, and that sort of thing, but it's, they're, they're, definitely saying that they don't want you handing out things. And we used to do that. So that's no fun. The the 10K goes around the boardwalk area. I'm assuming that if you are staying at those boardwalk resorts, that you will still be able to walk down and cheer from the locations around the boardwalk. I did not see anything that said you couldn't do that. So I will just say, um, yeah, this is maybe, maybe not, um, because the last couple of races that we cheered at, 
the boardwalk, um, they had people there that were like, nope, keep it moving. So we did. And we went to Epcot and drank instead. Okay. So they weren't letting you do it at the the last time that you did this. No. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you know, just womp womp all over the place. Um, that means if your family is coming, um, I actually, I'll put these links. I, I pulled out the information and I put these links in um, show notes for you. So uh, basically go to whatever player you're listening to here and look at the description of this episode and there'll be some links for you to click on. But if you have family that are coming and are trying to figure out where the official places are that they can come and see you, I have that those details for you. So we will drop that down here for you to check out and hopefully help your family make their plans um, so that they can cheer you in the appropriate locations with a little hassle from the Ren Disney powers that be. Also kind of remember a lot of them are going to be volunteers. There are going to be some official cast members that work these things they tend to make the official cast members be the bad guys and come over and tell you you have to move along but um i know sometimes the volunteers have to do it as well so just be kind to everyone if they tell you something that's a total bummer and that you don't like so i do want to point out um something major that changed that i know we've all known that it has changed but i just want to say it again For anyone who has run before, all of the races, all of them, start at 5 a.m., not 5.30, 5. (laughs) So um, I know a lot of us who've run in the past, we're used to, oh, every race starts at 5.30. Don't worry. We have time. We have this. We have that. These races start at 5 a.m. So um, set your clocks a little bit earlier, get on an earlier bus, whatever it is that doesn't feel um, natural when you're like, why am I going so early? Just remember this race, these races start earlier than they ever have before. So don't miss your race time. And for everybody that says, do I really need to be at the race um, starting lot by 330 um, yeah, you do. <laughs> and let me tell you why, uh, particularly with wine and dine, since um, the 5k is you start and you end in the Epcot. So that's one thing. But these other ones have a little bit more um, transportation involved. If you are doing the 10k or the half marathon, you are going to be starting in the Magic Kingdom area and finishing in the Epcot area. So you'll get to Epcot, chain get park your car get into a bus that will take you over to the um, magic kingdom area or if you are getting on a bus from your theme park resort hotel um, it will take you straight to the magic kingdom area all of that's great and good and it works really well until people try to sleep in an extra 15 minutes or an extra, extra 20 minutes and then all of a sudden traffic gets backed up People get lost, people get confused, especially somebody who thinks that they are going to be able to park over, you know, at the Magic Kingdom area and then um, (laughs) get to start the race. That's not going to happen. So please, please, please keep this in mind when they say to be someplace by a certain cutoff time. That's from years of experience. And I've seen it. I have been in the parking lot as a non-runner, as a spectator, and been stuck in traffic and watched as runners 
were seriously bailing out of their car and then sprinting across parking lot because they couldn't get their car parked in time. I mean, they, somebody else was driving, obviously they didn't just leave a car in the middle of the, the, but the point being that they had to run just to get to the start line because they got stuck in so much traffic. Don't do that to yourself. Don't stress yourself out. These races should be a lot of fun and should bring you a lot of joy, even if you are nervous and and it's your first race or whatever. But just kind of keep in mind, it's not worth sleeping in that extra 15 or 20 minutes. Just go ahead and get yourself up and get moving. It pays off in the logistics end of things. Um, so yeah, good point about that 5 a.m. start. Um, right. I do you, just- you don't have to run a race before your race. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I do just want to point out, um, you know, we say all of this and we understand that, you know, everybody has their like race morning rituals and how they operate. So, you know, you will find some people that do things a little bit differently than how we recommend. And that's cool. If that's works for you, fine. Um, Also, if you are late, right, like no one talks about like what happens, what happens if you're late? Try to get there. I have personally been at um, Epcot waiting to cheer people on at races way past the start time and people are still showing up at Epcot and getting bussed over to that start line. So if you do sleep in late, like they will try to get you there so you can start the race. Now, if every person has started the race, no, once that, once the balloon ladies cross that line, they're not starting any more people across that start line. Um, But you know, if you do happen to wake up a little bit late or just don't throw the towel in, like try to make it work. Cause um, if you can get there, they'll try to make it work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, don't panic. <laughs> that, that's a very, very good point. Um, did we, t- I don't, I think, I think I might I wanna, mentioned it and then we um, like bounced off. Um, the Expo, Expo Pass. pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 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 Let's talk about that. Um, so I had it pulled up here cause I was like, wait, we didn't talk about expo check-in pass. So expo check-in pass is listed on run Disney. I believe it was mentioned in the email. What it officially says is your expo check-in pass will be needed at the run Disney health and fitness expo to pick up your race bib. Your expo check-in pass will be available to you on November 1st in your run Disney account. So that'll be online. Uh, bring a printed or digital copy of your expo check-in pass for each event you are participating in and a valid photo ID to run to the run Disney health and fitness expo to pick up your race bib. So um, it is different from the waiver, but also sounds very much like a waiver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, uh, that's honestly like what I have written down is like, it's a waiver, but it's not a waiver. It's called an expo pass. Like, are we just changing names of things? Because I can't imagine, I mean, in theory, could they be assigning us or asking us to pick a time to come for this? Sure. Really, but, you know what I really thought? But I hope not. Like, why are we adding this additional like, mess to that i hope that's not the case you know what i really thought i was like (laughs) i don't know like maybe this expo check-in pass is gonna have to do with how much merchandise people buy oh huh i don't know i made that up people don't start that rumor i'm not taking i won't own it i'll say i never said it (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't jane it was definitely (laughs) not jane um yeah no, yeah, we don't know what we don't know what it's going to mean because there's just this that one sentence that Jane just read to you guys that's in there about this expo check-in pass 
And I did see, I don't know if it was a tweet or if it was a follow-up information on their blog or maybe it was on the email. I don't know where I read it, but along the lines, it addressed the idea that um, the expo is still open to the public. So yes, you can bring your non-running family members or friends with you, but it sounds like that expo pass is what you need to, that expo pass plus your ID is what you need to pick up your bib and your t-shirt, which like you said, that's what the waivers were in the past, right? So it's a waiver, but not a waiver, but anywho, we'll, we don't know guys, November 1st, well, I'll find out. I have to randomly interrupt this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is there breaking news? <laughs> no, but someone just sent me photos from Castaway Key and there is a Bob Chapik master shipbuilder sign but also a Damaro Dock Trawling Company <laughs> sign. What? Like, now we're just randomly painting signs for executives? <laughs> I think that shipbuilder one has been there, maybe? I've, oh I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I, might, I, might I don't be. know, but I kind of want this Damaro Dock thing to turn into, like, a craft beer. <laughs> Wait, what? Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, carry I, I, on. It's too early for me to follow your line of thinking because I. It's you too just, early for me to be here. Uh, yeah, it just went completely over my head. But okay, okay. Um, I'll send it to y'all. <laughs> yeah, please send it because maybe I just need the visuals. Uh, you can put that in the Facebook group too when this drops, so that people can see what we're talking about. Um, all right. So that's. That's what we know as far as wine does uh, run Disney wine and dine at this point in time. As always, that caveat falls into play every single time we talk about anything. By the time this airs, it could all change. Uh, and I will update all those links that you're going to find in show notes to reflect any changes that come out. But that's what we know um, so far. I do want to throw out, I need some of y'all creative people to please do something for me. It doesn't have to be this race. It can be the next race. It can be the race after. I don't care. But I've got some run Disney costume ideas inspired by this 50th year that I'm just, I'm going to need to see out on the courses. Okay. And if you do this, or if you see somebody wearing this, please, please, please tweet me, come into the Facebook group, share a picture of it. But I need to see pictures of this because, um, it's important. <laughs> it's not important, but I love costumes and I love the Ren Disney community when they go all out in their costumes. So here's what I need to see. I need to, I need somebody to dress up like the harmonious barges, particularly the one with the octopus arms, right? I need a big Ren Disney space do taco harmonious barge group to run through the 5k at Epcot. I, I, I need this to happen. Um, Talking to you, Gail. <laughs> Gail would be great at that. Gail and Kimberly could Kim totally and Gail, pull that off. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> we we we're counting on you guys to do something fabulous for us. Um, the other one I would really love to see is I need um, some kite tails inspired costumes, please. I need. <laughs> A jet ski driver, like, you know, create a box around yourself or something that you're on a jet ski and be the jet ski driver, Mobius inspired or not, I, you know, have fun with it, do whatever you need to do. But um, jet ski driver with a blue kite pulling behind you as you run, like, 
how amazing would that be? Which, and I feel like I could do that because quite literally at the end of a race, I'm going to be just flopping over the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that would be so fabulous if we could get a Kite Tales inspired something or others um, on this race. So somebody do that for me. And then I need a big group of 50 gold statues. I want the paint. I want the clothing. I want the costumes. I want it all. There has got to be a gold figment going around this 5K. Please and thank you. Somebody do that for me. Um, Because it is all about me. Yes, I need to be entertained. (laughs) Am I going to do any of this? No, no, it's not going to happen. However, I would love to see some creativity um, come back with these races because if nothing else, these races have always been so much fun and such a spectacle when it comes to the creative juices that flow uh, through the Run Disney community. So I need to see it. Um, and then my last one, my last one, I need y'all somebody to pull off a spaceship Earth beacon of magic, light show, and everything. You know. <sighs> Just this big round cage around you with the lights going pattern. I don't know, guys. I, I, I I'll, I'll give you batteries. Like I'll be happy to chip in for the batteries, but you got to pull off the rest of this. But I would love to see that. Wouldn't that be so cool to see this big spaceship Earth like doing the five k? It'd be amazing. Um, that would be amazing. I'm going to assign that to somebody else. Um, I believe his name is John Beale. I've never met him in person, but he always has amazing costumes. He runs like a run Disney costume group. He does. He does. Yes. I've never met you, but I have now assigned you this task. Okay. I I think that's fair. Yeah. I think the other thing we need is somebody to do Genie Plus. Uh, but as they're doing it, like they have a tip board that's giving the runners <laughs> tips for as they're going around the course. Like we need it to be updating in real time. In real time. Oh my God. <laughs> I want to do that because I would give terrible tips. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to win anyway. So slow down and take a picture here. <laughs> also, no one has to know what's in that water bottle. <laughs> Shh, don't give our tips away, Jane. <laughs> People want to share. <laughs> um, anywho, so yeah, there's there's our Run Disney wrap-up for you. I cannot wait for this um, event to happen. It's going to be a blast. Uh, you know, even if the actual races themselves are disjointed or they don't flow as smoothly as they once did in the past. You guys, I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to give some forgiveness, you know, because it is kind of like they're starting all over again. And it does sound like they are making some changes. Could it just be the verbiage? We don't know yet, but if they are making some changes, we got to give them some grace to work out what works and what doesn't work. However, uh, the cool part is the community will get their chance to come back. And I am excited to have the runners have those experiences yet again and to be there. And, um, you know, the other thing I wanted to point out, nowhere in the guide is it mentioned what the character sitch is going to look like. However, there has been an announcement from Walt Disney World that some character meet and greets are coming back in a socially distanced way. You still can't 
You're not going to be able to walk up and put your arm around a princess and take a picture with her. However, you will have an opportunity to go back to meeting some of these people um, in their meet and greet locations again. So that keeps me, and that's starting in November, that keeps me hopeful that there will be characters on the course, but also with that tempered expectation is I still think they're going to be kind of like the drive-by situation. Maybe it'll be um, as we were set up like at Boobash where the characters are behind a roped off area and you could stand there and they were behind you and PhotoPass took a picture and honestly, except for the fact that you're not right next to them and there's this little like roped off area between you, um, it looked like you were taking a picture with a character again. It really wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. So I'm hopeful that that's what we are going to see at these Run Disney races that will have characters on the course, that there will be a situation like this um, and that they will be photo pass to take those pictures. Um, if there's not photo pass, make friends with the person behind you and have somebody, you know, trade off and, and take your picture for you. Or of course do the, the drive by selfie type thing. Um, but I'm hopeful that with official character meet and greets coming back, that this run Disney race is going to have some characters. That's again, not a rumor, not something oh, we sure. need to start, not something we know for sure. Just kind of like putting apples and apples together and crossing our fingers and hoping that that's what we're going to see. So we'll see. Do we want to talk a little bit about that genie? Let's take the genie out of the bottle. Now, um, just as a reminder, we, we do have a planned like full on discussion coming in the future, but there's a couple of things that we've seen pop up, um, you know, specific weird questions or just trying to like wrap your head around how to do this genie business um, that we've seen over the the last, uh, gosh, it's only been a week. It's right. It's only been, no, it hasn't even been a week. It's been out for like five days. Um, so again, remember this is all brand new. Everything could change. They could be tweaking still, but this is the information that we've seen so far. Um, what kind of tips do you see, or do you want to touch on, um, Teresa? I know you specifically had some questions. Yes. One of the things I was wondering about, especially with my trip coming up, it's a solo-ish trip where I'm traveling by myself, but I am planning to meet up with people. So I had a lot of questions around, you know, you've seen that for certain things like the individual lightning lane, resort guests can start booking at 7am and other other guests that day with the park pass can start booking at 9am. Uh, I was really curious about, well, if you're if you're a resort guest, and you're planning to meet up with people who are not resort guests or people that you did not purchase your tickets together at a package, how is that going to work? Because I do think there are a lot of us who, when we when we travel, we plan to meet up with people who might not you know, be in our immediate family. Mm-hmm. And so I asked the question, I think it was kind of a two-parter. So number one was, if you are a resort guest, can you book, book these reservations with other people who are not in your room with you? you know, can you book it for them at 7am? And the answer to that is for individual lightning lane. No, if a person is not a resort guest, they will have to they will have to book at 9am whether or not they're in your party. Um, There was another person who also mentioned that 
even though they were traveling with someone who was in their room, but they had booked their tickets separately, when they tried to do the individual lightning lane, it would not let them book together. So they were they were still in the room together, but at 7 a.m., they were each having to book their own individual lightning lane passes separately. So that's something to be aware of if you're trying to coordinate plans. It's just, it might be a little bit rocky. Uh, so that's something we're going to, I'm going to be navigating. So I will tell you my experience with that afterwards. Uh, but it does seem like at, for the regular, if you're doing Genie Plus and booking those regular lightning lanes for the other attractions, you can do that as a group uh, with people in your room reservation or not at 7am. Yeah, that's good information to know. Cause I have seen a couple of people, you know, have mentioned that. Um, also, you know, just this morning, somebody said, I'm staying off site and I'm so upset. I'm not going to be able to book my individual lightning lane, which when we say individual lightning lane, we are talking about the purchased um, extra lightning lanes. I'm not going to be able to purchase my individual lightning lane at seven. And so I'm afraid I'm not going to get, and their example was um, Remy and uh, what's the other? Oh, frozen ever after. And, you know, my answer to that is, you are going to still book those. You just can't book them until nine o'clock and correct me if I'm wrong, but in kind of scouring and watching everything that's been happening and all the updates from um, all of the, the theme park junkies who are out there doing all these uh, testings at this time, the only individual lightning lane that I have seen sell out at the 7am timeframe has been rise of the resistance. I haven't seen any of the other ones um, reported as I tried at nine o'clock and couldn't get it. Um, I've only seen that for Rise of the Resistance. So keep that in mind yeah. is that even if you're staying off site, you should still be good to go at nine o'clock purchasing those individual lightning lanes. Rise of the Resistance, you could run into a problem, however. And it seems like it's going back and forth right now. I remember seeing the first... The first like day or two of operation, it was confirmed that they were dropping some additional passes at the 9 a.m. time for people who are not resort guests to still be able to potentially get an early time. Uh, quickly after that, that seemed to not be the case. I looked yesterday and it was it was after 9 a.m. And I remember seeing Rise of the Resistance did have some availability at like 11.25 to do the individual lightning lane. I checked this morning. This is, this is a Sunday morning. And at 9.30, Rise of the Resistance the earliest you could get was at 5.55 p.m. So it's it seems, I will say, somebody, Disney has kind of ingrained in us to be planners. And it is, it's the most apprehensive I felt about doing a Disney trip because I'm, I'm not seeing any consistency with like what time you might be able to expect to get an individual lightning lane pass based on what time you're trying to book it that morning. So I think they are changing things on the fly. So just be prepared for anything right now is the best advice. So I do, um, I do want to say that the difficulty with Lightning Lane that I've seen and sort of experienced is the changing times that you can book. It is not a service where you can go in and choose which time you want to come back. Um, it is whatever time is currently available at that moment, but it changes. So like I had gone on the other day and was looking for Slinky and I could have got like a three o'clock Slinky and I didn't book it. 
And then 25 minutes later, there was an 11 a.m. slinky available. Mm-hmm. So it is because they are obviously in however way magical Disney way that they do it, monitoring crowds or maybe changes. People are changing lightning lanes, whatever it is that they're doing. Um, so you may book a lightning lane for four o'clock and then later on in the day see somebody got one earlier even though they booked it later and that's just sort of the nature of the beast um but i do also want to say that you know everyone needs to remember that lightning lane is not the only option like (laughs) i think that like this is the new bright shiny option and obviously you know if you pay it kind of guarantees you that you get what you need um, but Rise does have a virtual queue. Remy does. Ha- uh, sorry, Rise has a standby queue. And um, Remy, which I know is the other one a lot of people want to ride, has a virtual queue that opens twice a day. So there are some other options um, to be able to get in if you don't get a lightning lane. Yeah, that's definitely a good reminders. And also a good reminder if you're trying to decide if Lightning Lane is even, or if you need to pay for Genie Plus so that you can use the Lightning Lane, or if you just want to stick to standby, I think there's a lot of information and we'll see it over the next couple of weeks if you're willing to put in the work and willing to kind of watch and see what different um, groups are reporting or just pulling up your app and kind of spot checking for yourself. Um, sometimes your better option is the standby line. Sometimes it is going to be paying for Genie and doing this. So I think the best salute, uh, you know, idea to, to these um, trips in the future, if getting on as many rides as possible is your ultimate goal, I definitely think you're going to have to employ the strategy of some standby and some lightning lane, and then possibly some paid for lightning lanes. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we've seen a lot of different ways to do things in different combinations. And honestly, it flexes all day long. What that means, and a lot of people don't want this in their vacation, but what that means is if you are willing to be on it, and literally, I mean, on it as far as on your phone, on your app, um, paying attention to changes and flexing as it goes, uh, you'll see patterns or you'll see things that will appeal to you. And maybe you have a lightning lane that's um, scheduled for an hour from now, but that same attraction is right now only showing a five minute wait. Well, why wouldn't you just go walk on that five minute wait? Why wait for that lightning lane? You can cancel that lightning lane and get another one, right? Um, For something that might have a longer wait. So I just feel like there's going to, you know, the best, if you're that person and that's your goal or you're, you're that family and those are your goals is to get on as many as you can, then it is going to be a lot of time like looking at the app and trying to reevaluate and maybe changing your plans as you go. If you truly just have like the highlights, the the main things you want to do or you want to see. This is also a good way to kind of plan that out and um, get your lightning lanes for the the three or four things that are super important to you. And then the rest of it, you can either do standby or not do. Uh, Go shopping, go eating, you know, go do those other things that you're interested in. Um, I, I think that this may potentially end up being, um, except for the fact that we have to pay for it, but 
other than that, it could be a very great, good tool for those that are interested in really maximizing stuff, but not, not everybody does Disney that way. And so don't feel like you have to do Disney that way. And if you don't do Disney that way, paying for Genie Plus just may not be up your alley. This just may not be a need for you. Jane, you just used it, the free version of Genie while you were there yesterday. And what'd you think about it? Uh, we were only there for a very uh, short time in the evening, but I thought it was really good. Um, it definitely, it continues to update. Uh, you do have to go in and put in some information that about like what you want to see or do. Um, contrary to what I believed on the first day, it doesn't auto-populate for you. <laughs> Yes, this was so funny. Okay, so Jane had booked a reservation uh, on the first day of Genie Plus, and um, she she woke up and she was so excited, and she texted me and she was like, "Oh my gosh, it's magic! They know everything about me. They picked all of the stuff that I oh Disney totally has me." peg they have me nailed and i was like no 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 sweetie jane that was me <laughs> um she had given me um access to her genie plus so i was up at midnight and at midnight you could purchase the 15 dollar genie plus which i did and then you could set up um what your day and what in, in what you what they had, had asked you to do is it says you know what park are you going to what are you what types of things are you interested in at that park so you know if you're interested in like um uh, fireworks ho- fireworks holiday shows. specials shows yep. thrill rides or slow moving rides or whatever you know you picked the things that you wanted to do so i pretended i was jane and i picked the things that i knew jane would like and she was just so cute cuz like at 7:30 that morning she was like wow this is magic I was like, the genie really is magic. And Patty was like, no, it was me. It it. And I was like, oh, that's a massive letdown. You never had a friend like me. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, you have to you have to make choices, apparently. Um, and you do have an option to choose exactly which rides you want to ride. So, you can tell the genie, like, here's the seven things that are, like, my must-dos for today. Shout out to Stacy, And um, you put them in the app and then it sort of juggles them around for you. And for us, I had put in like five or six things, but we were only there for three hours and we were seeing fireworks. So like we knew we weren't going to get all of them. And it did give us, you know, at 7.30, go stand for fireworks. And at 8.15, go to Haunted Mansion. And that, sh- that wait should be here. It-, it actually says like, you know, lowest wait time or something. And then it gave us like three rides after that. And it was everything that we had um, chosen and it prioritized it. Well, at the end of fireworks, we were like, okay, well, we're just going to hop on People Mover, which was not on our list. I don't know why. It's one of our favorites. Um, We hopped on the People Mover and we were like, we'll we'll regroup. And while I was on there, Jeannie updated because suddenly the wait times had changed on the rides it originally told me. And now it had a new plan for me. And it was like, no, when you get off of here, go to Buzz Lightyear. When you go from here, then you're going to go to Mind Train. Like, so I thought it was really good. It was very intuitive. Um, the other thing that I did pay attention to was the standby wait times for rides. And for a Saturday night in October, 
it was gorgeous weather here yesterday. Like my friends had on long sleeves. I did not. Um, but it was just like spectacular. We kept saying like, oh, this is such a lovely night to be here. The wait times weren't any different than they were a month ago or, or you know, earlier this month before Genie Plus. So I don't know that it changes the standby line so much. And maybe maybe people aren't buying it. I don't know. Well, and that is but. something to, to keep in mind is we don't know exactly what the um, status is on these things just yet because it's new. So is it a case of people don't know about it yet? Is it a case of people know a little bit about it, but not enough to spend $15 a person to do it? right? Or possibly. Yeah. Or is it a case of we know all about it, but we're not spending $15 a person on it. We'll be happy to stay in our standby lines. So I think more time will tell. Um, honestly, I, I think that the first the first week of November is, is called Jersey Week. That's when all of the schools um, up east are, are out for their like fall break. And a lot of them travel down and spend the week at Walt Disney World. So I think that'll be our first kind of like big crush of people that you can kind of watch and see that also does coincide with wine and dine. The end of wine, the end of the week is when we show up for wine and dine. So we'll see how that all works out for the runners plus the end of Jersey week um, showing up together and, you know, how important this may be or may not be to your travel plans in the future. Um, I think it is one of those things that if you are willing to put in the work, put in the education and put in the time to learn how to use this. And unfortunately, yeah, that it, it does require planning and learning and understanding the ins and outs of the app. If you are willing to do that, I think you're, I mean, I've seen reports of people who were saying they did 20 rides using Genie Plus. Guys, that's a great day. That's, that's fantastic. And, um, but I do think that's the rarity. I think that's the, the people that just, they're on it. They just, you know, know how to work the system and make it work. And um, I kind of feel like uh, the Disneyland peeps that used MaxPass in the past, probably have a heads up on this and, and will be those people that are more comfortable with Genie Plus because it's a very, it feels very similar to me. Um, so if you're willing to do all of that, like you have that potential to really get on a ton of rides with minimal weights, which is, you know, time is money, time is time is time. Who wants to stand in line when you could be walking on to the next ride or going to see something exciting and different somewhere else in the park. So keep that in mind. Um, and I, I do think that unfortunately though, it, there's going to be a learning curve. So it may take it, you know, it may take a little while or a couple of trips. If you are some of that, those people that do do multiple trips to Disney in a year before you totally get it down. Um, if you are the one-off person who's just going with their family and you go once every two years or three years, I still think it could be beneficial to you, but um, depends on, you know, how your family's tolerance is for standing in line, how important riding a bunch of rides is to your family. If you're not into that, then this may be not something you need to pay for, right? Um, so keep that in mind. There's definitely going to be, it's there's no one answer for everybody. It's going to be um, a different answer for each 
group and what you want out of your vacation on if this is quote unquote worth it for you to buy. Um, but we'll get into some more details and some more information on Jeannie down the road. Um, I did want to point out though, that one thing that I've seen mentioned multiple, multiple times has been the confusion between getting how many lightning lanes you can hold at a time, particularly when it comes to the purchased individual lightning lanes. So just as a reminder, lightning lane is one thing that's like the the, the one that's included, I don't want to call it free because it's included with your $15 Genie Plus purchase, but the free Lightning Lane is that version. And then there's individual Lightning Lanes, yeah, um, that you're paying extra for and that are not included in that free version plan. So what it has come down to or what it looks like at this time is that at 7 a.m., if you're an on-site resort guest, you can go ahead and purchase both of your individual lightning lanes at 7 a.m. and also book one free lightning lane at the same time. So technically, you will be holding three different quote-unquote fast passes, right? Does this sound familiar? At once before your day has even started. So the cool part is, is that those purchased individual lightning lanes don't even have to be in the same park. And actually all three in this scenario, if you're doing a free lightning lane plus two of the purchased lightning lanes, you could do it at all. You could do them at three different parks if you're a park hopper. So, and I'll say the caveat to that is keep in mind, you still cannot park hop until 2 p.m. Correct. But So that's... Yes, so keep, but, keep that in mind if you're trying this. <laughs> yes, but Disney, the genie, if you tell them that you're going to park hop later and that that's the paid for lightning lane that you want to purchase, it will only show you the options after two o'clock. It won't show you anything before then because it knows. At least that's how it's supposed to work. Um, but yes, you do need to keep that in mind from your timing perspective. So we've seen a lot of discussion, and I, this is something I'm interested in and something I'm going to test out when I am there, is the idea of stacking lightning lanes in the evening and afternoons so that I'm all about rope drop. I have no problem getting up early and getting to the parks and rope dropping things, and that for the first hour and a half to two hours, you tend to have lighter crowds because most people on their vacations are not getting up at O-Dark 30, like people like me. Um, so my strategy will be to get up and do as much standby stuff as I can, waiting less than 30 minutes for an attraction, because I really honestly won't wait any longer than that. And then meanwhile, having my app and I'm stacking up my lightning lanes to use in the afternoon and evening um, later on. I'm going to try that out and see how that works and see if I can pull that off and see what that looks like for a couple of days while we're there um, in November. Um, and I'll, you know, come back and report on how well that did. But um, just so you know, like the idea that, yes, in theory, you're only supposed to be able to hold one lightning lane at a time. That's not exactly 
exactly true. There are ways that you can stack and have more than one at once. And we will get into that in much more deep detail in the official Genie Plus uh, discussion that we're going to have later. But um, I just want to throw that out there for anybody who is confused on how many you can actually do at 7 a.m., the answer is you can actually do three. You can do your one quote unquote free one, and then you can do the two paid for ones at 7 a.m. So you could have three of them on hold, uh, you know, before the park day even starts. Anything else that we want to mention now or just save it all for later? I think that's good. Yeah, I was like, let's save it because I feel like we could talk about, we could really, really discuss this in depth, even at this point before some of us has had a chance to try it in person. So I don't want us to, we're, it's a longish episode already because there has been a lot to cover. So I think let's, let's leave this little teaser and we'll give everyone else the full meal later on. Sounds yeah. good to me. So if you have any questions about Run Disney, about Wine and Dine, if you have Genie questions, if you have tips or things you think that we should cover, um, please come and share them in our Facebook group. It's No Guilt Disney, or you can email us at noguiltdisneypod at gmail.com. And join us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as Patty likes to say... It's no fun to fangirl. The harmonious barges costumes. Come on, guys. Somebody pull this off for me. Alone. Bye, y'all. <laughs>